All right. Well, welcome to this uh, Brotherly Game Podcast Extra. I'm joined by Minnesotan by way of Pennsylvania. Uh, Wes Burdine is here with me. Thanks for thanks for joining me, Wes. Uh, how are things going up in uh, St. Paul? Yeah, well, it sounds like it's it's um certainly warmer where you guys are than than we are. We're we're still stuck in winter, and we're about a week and a half away from uh, from our home opener. But we're starting on the starting on the road at least in in sunny Pennsylvania. Great, and you know, I I'm curious, you know, a little bit, just a little background on you. You're from you're from Pennsylvania, and you live in uh, in Minnesota. How did you get from here to where you are now? Yeah, I, I grew up in Emmaus, so not far from you, um, and you know, basically went, needed to get the hell out of there and uh, the Midwest. I knew some people in the Twin Cities. Decided to come here for college. Came back to Pennsylvania for a bit, and then. Uh, I just loved it out in the Twin Cities. And so, uh, you know, came back for grad school and, and stuck around because opening a bar here sounded way more interesting than uh, pursuing academia any further. So, uh, yeah, it was just by chance and happened to be one of those, you, you know, a couple of people who then change your life by by directing you to a whole new part of the world. And, you know, having having the roots you have, is it, is there anything extra special about this fixture between these two teams? Like you're your home, your hometown team and the, the team you support now? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I moved away from Pennsylvania in, in the year 2000. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Philadelphia Union weren't even close to being a germ at that point. But um, I grew up basically hating all the Philadelphia teams in other sports, like okay. just couldn't stand the Eagles. I was a Dodgers fan growing up because my okay. family's from LA. And um, j- just didn't, you know, Philadelphia, everyone, we all know the Philadelphia fan cliches and that's I definitely embraced those uh so when the union came around we Minnesota still didn't have an MLS team at that point we had obviously our our successful NASL team but uh I was definitely uh in love with the kind of Danny Califf uh, Philadelphia Union I'm definitely in love with the current uh iteration of Philadelphia um thankfully we're in different conferences so I, I can I can be a closeted Philadelphia Union fan. So the, the Union escaped my like hate of Philadelphia sports teams. And partially it's because the the attitude is different. Uh, I love the stadium. I've, I've only been there twice, but it's really great. And I, I've always uh, had nothing but uh, great respect for the Philadelphia Union fans that I've met. Uh, similar to, you know, obviously, you know, Minnesota United is not a new team in terms of a pro team in, in Minnesota, but it seems like you know, when that team kind of came along, it, it sort of kind of rallied some of that soccer support that maybe had been waning a little bit with some of the changes and the teams over mm-hmm. the years. Um, what's what's it what's it kind of been like in terms of the fan base and just how the the new stadium and and just the impacts that that has had on the on the fan base there? Yeah, the stadium is is absolutely key, as every fan base knows. It's it's a make or break for a supporters culture. Um, I happen to live half a mile from the stadium and, and the, my bar is is uh, even closer to the stadium. So I have a pretty good kind of perspective on it. And it, I mean, it's a beautiful, uh, just a gorgeous stadium up there with uh, basically, I think it's Red Bull Arena, um, whatever the Kansas City Stadium is named this week and, and Allianz as far as my experiences have been. Um, and so that really adds to um, the supporters culture here and the excitement. Um, we're still selling out just about all the games. 
Um, and so, yeah, I think that there's, the team also happens to play pretty decent soccer. They're not, uh, they're not swashbuckling by any means, but we get some good results at home and we get to sing Wonderwall. So I think that, um, that, that there's been a decent amount of success on that end. And, and you have an existing, because it pre-exists um, MLS, you have an existing structure of really organized supporters groups that are, um, it's very hard for the, you know, you look at Charlotte and all these other places that um, have good supporters, but they don't have the kind of institutional structure of even uh, what is the legal structure of these supporters groups and yeah. things like that. So the dark clouds in particular here are, are the oldest supporters group and um, and they have just, they're so good at running things in terms of just uh, getting merch out there and um, putting together volunteer events and, and things like that. That makes for a really vibrant uh, supporters culture here. Yeah, and obviously, like you said, you know, have, uh, having a bar gives you sort of a, a different viewpoint into into you know, just what's going on in St. Paul, but just, you know, being so close to the stadium. What, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about the history of the bar and how, and how that's going for you. Yeah. So I own a bar called the Black Heart of St. Paul. Um, I, I took it over in 2018 when I decided to not go try to teach college English. And um, it is the oldest gay bar in St. Paul. And so what happened was um, we took this existing concept and we added soccer on top of it um we didn't want to drive out we didn't want to kill off the what, what this place was mm-hmm. um and we wanted to kind of help rejuvenate it uh and so you know we have uh, this kind of weird culture here where after a soccer game then there's a drag show and things like that where <laughs> where we kind of mesh different concepts together and and wanted to create something that people basically haven't seen before and, mm-hmm. and that was that's a lot of what drives a lot of our kind of soccer culture here of, of wanting to find new and weird ways to do what we do that that isn't just like importing whatever the Aberdeen or Dortmund fans are doing which <laughs> you know certainly we do like like everyone else but um but wanting to find different things to to do that that make soccer fun and that help us express like why we got into this because you know, when we mentioned the Philadelphia teams and all these other sports, I am not a sports guy in the least. I kind of do not, I don't watch baseball really, unless my brother makes me, I don't watch football. Um, and I got into this because it seemed like such a cool, different thing. I love soccer in terms of it's just, it's play, but it allows us to think more than just about yelling at grown men running around on a pitch. It allows us to harness that energy to doing really amazing community work and really um, progressive uh, advocacy of fighting for inclusion and fighting for immigrant immigrant rights, which are which are at the heart of these soccer players and, and soccer culture. It, it, so to me, it all kind of comes together there. And, um, and I, that to me is what I really love about the soccer culture here is that there's an embrace of this isn't just about 90 minutes yelling at grown men. It's, it's about building something that is really, um, that matters. I think it's a good segue into, you know, uh, to your, the club that you're also involved in. If you could talk to us a little bit about that and how you got involved in, uh, in starting a new club as well. Yeah, so Minnesota Aurora FC is a club that I helped found. Um, it is a women's soccer team. It's, uh, it's we're playing in the, the brand new USLW league. So it, um, it's not a professional league. It's a, what's called pre-professional. Um, people will who know the NPSL and 
WPSL. There's lots of different ways that we've already seen this on the soccer landscape. But what we did is we wanted to, um, speaking of doing things differently, we wanted to launch a club that is community owned. So we did a, uh, a campaign where we sold, sold shares in the club and we had 3,080 people invest in our club. Um, most of them were just $100 investors. They just wanted to, to own a piece of this really unique thing and, and they helped us pick the name and the crest. And, um, you know, our goal is to really um, try to change the shape of how we think about soccer power dynamics, um, especially in women's soccer. We've all seen what's happened uh, in Portland, what's happened in Washington. Um, it's just, it's offensive to our consciences. <laughs> and, um, and there needs to be ways in which we invert and shift the power structure where these clubs are the toys of rich men. And sometimes mm -hmm. they're the club, the toys of rich women. Every once in a while we're inclusive, yeah. but, but just, and there's no, we treat it or they, we allow them to treat it as this is my thing. You are a consumer of our product. Now, mm -hmm. everyone who's involved with soccer, who's, who's gotten, who goes to a supporter section or something like that knows that we're not there just because we want to watch soccer. Like I mm -hmm. could stay at home. I could watch Tottenham or I could, or do something more productive than watch Tottenham. But, um, you know, I could do that at home. I'm here because I have a stake in this team. I believe in it. I, I live and die by this. And what we wanted to do is launch a club that people actually have stakes in, right? If you are an investor, you will, one of the community owners, you will vote for two of the board members from the community owner ranks who will help run the club. Um, things like that, that I think that, um, we know that we can't get away from the money of soccer and that's fine. We need all these clubs that uh, lose money and they have rich people help prop them up. That's helped grow the game here. Mm -hmm. But what we want to do is, is change that um, of how that power dynamic works in the, and so it's been extremely successful so far. We've been, we launched our um, season ticket deposits a couple weeks ago and we, already have 2,500 season ticket deposits, which I'm pretty sure is more than uh, some NWSL teams. Uh, it's something that we've just never seen before in women's soccer of, of trying to go this route of Chattanooga and Detroit that, that they're doing in, in the men's game. And uh, it's been amazing so far. The response around the country, but particularly in Minnesota has just been so um, enthusiastic that it's, it's blown us away a bit. That's, that's, that's probably more exciting than the, the, than this game uh, coming up for you this weekend. But uh, I'm curious, you know, in terms of, you know, heading into a new season with Minnesota United, you know, going on the road to play in, in Philadelphia, obviously a, a tough task for anybody to come to Chester, but what's sort of the outlook for the team? I mean, has, has much changed since the teams last played uh, last season in, uh, in St. Paul? Not too much. You know, we lost Ozzy Alonso, but he really only played half the season last year. Um, we lost Jan Gregush, um, but he didn't play much uh, that last year. And so mainly we've just seen more depth come in. And um, the biggest thing is the depth at striker because Minnesota was uh, basically number two in chance creation and shots. And uh, if we had had a finisher, we would have been one of the best teams in the league. And I think uh, Emmanuel Reynoso, Bebelo, our, our uh, number 10 is, is a top three player in the league. And I, I don't think I, that's me being a homer. If you if you go check yeah. out the stats, he was the the best passer in the league, 
and Jim uh, Curtin. Jim Curtin loves him. Jim yeah, Curtin has well, said so. <laughs> yeah, said a lot and, of good things about him. Yeah, and I think that um, the question is, how dependent are the team on Reynoso, yeah. and do we have anyone who can finish it? Um, the, the striker who we brought in is a guy we had on loan and got injured for most of it, but um, Luisa Maria is is someone who I think I'm pretty bullish on because what we saw of him is a really good striker. And now will he have a whole season and, and do that? Uh, who knows? Um, the team is old. We should say that uh, the, the defenders are, I think Chase Gaspar, our left back is like 26, but everyone else is 32, 33, 31. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a pretty um, veteran squad if you want to be generous. And um, I think, I think this game is really interesting in that, like most teams going into the preseason or going into the first game, you know, it's not quite set. Are they going to be fit? Um, you know, can they basically, can they survive the first few games while they get their legs under them? Yeah. Um, you know, Philadelphia, you guys know your team so well, but um, it's a team that uh, we've traditionally had really great, uh, great games with. I think some of the best games I've ever watched Minnesota uh, have been Philadelphia. We, what it was the three, two loss in, 2019 i think was that, that the trust eagle i think uh the the details uh, all yeah. i know is we played it was one of our best games of the season and we still lost it yeah. and then last year we had the 3-2 win for us um again just just fantastic games uh to watch um yeah that was probably I'm, one of the more i mean more exciting games for the union i mean obviously they lost the game but and it was frustrating because of you know they had a lead and they couldn't hold it but I mean, it really was back and forth, uh, fourth play, and I, the stadium was full. It was loud. It was just, you know, I wish I – that was one I definitely wish I could, I could have been there for. Yeah. So so in terms of what to expect from Minnesota, I think that um, I'm more bullish on them than I think the realtors at MLSsoccer.com are are because um, I see the first 11 is really good for this team. Now, uh, Adrian Heath doesn't really make teams better. He's not a bad coach, but he doesn't make them uh, click more than they, they do. Um, and we don't have a lot of depth. And so the question there is, will they end up falling a, a bit or not getting themselves together? Like they started last season with a four game losing streak. Uh, that's a real question. But I, I think the, the main thing is you can watch, look out for Emmanuel Reynoso, um, Franco Fragapane, um, not a good human being, but he's a very good soccer player. He plays on our left. And then Robin Lud, our, um, our kind of inverted uh, forward on the right. Uh, he saw the, it's a really great three-man attacking squad but behind the striker. So they're going to be fun to watch. Great. Well, Wes, I appreciate your time. Anything else just else to add about the you know, upcoming season and you know, just all the things you're involved with uh, out there in St. Paul? No, I, I think that I know that there's going to be um, a good uh, 20 or so Boons fans out there, and um, there's nothing we love more than than meeting people. I will not be there, unfortunately, but um, my my podcast mate and good friend, Corey Shreppel, who is also a Pennsylvanian, he'll be out there. So everyone go look for the, the nerdy guy um, in a loons kit. But um, anytime people come out here, you know, hopefully next year you guys will have a game out here and uh, I'd love to see Philadelphia fans out here more because um, we're, we're so isolated that when people, when away fans come to town, then like uh, they, they don't lack for drinks being put in their hands, I guess I'll say. <laughs> we, 
we love hosting people because it, it's such a blast. You know, LAFC has sent like 50 to 60 people the last few games, and we have just a blast like singing karaoke and watching drag after the games. Yeah, you know, you know, Minneapolis, St. Paul is not hard to get to. There's direct flights here from uh, the Philadelphia area that are generally not very expensive. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my mom is from uh, from near Sioux Falls. So, you know, uh, the Twin Cities were the big cities for her growing up. And so, you know, we try her best friend lives in uh, still lives in St. Paul. So, you know, we try to get out there. And I, I, you know, I like I said, you know, similar sort of thing. Like I I've never actually lived out that way, but, you know, it's it's hard not to have an appreciation for for the team, for Minnesota United and for, you know, for this new club you, you're, you're, you're starting and just to, you know, just generally to, to admire, you know, I'm a big uh, Mary Tyler Moore uh, uh, fan as well, you know, just to admire the, you know, just the culture and just the, you know, all the things that, that those, those cities have to offer there in the Midwest. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. Please all, all your listeners come, come visit us and we'll buy you drinks. All right. Well, thanks so much, Wes. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Take care. <laughs> 